Okay, Jajinendra, we'll start with the Nokar Mantra. Om Namo Arihantanam, Om Namo Sitanam, Om Namo Ayadiyanam, Om Namo Vajayanam, Namo Luvesa Vasahunam, Eso Panchanamukaro, Salva Pava Panasano, Mangalalancha Salvesim, Paramam Have Mangalam, Paramam Have Mangalam. So today we'll start a little bit differently. We'll start with a question. And the question is a short one. It's, why do things happen? Can anyone tell me? Why do events occur, whether large or small? And sometimes the shortest questions, thank you to everybody who just joined. We started with the question today, that is, why do things happen? Sometimes the shortest or simplest questions reveal very complex answers because we either take it for granted or we haven't thought about it that much. And you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of, if you look in the dictionary, some of the longest definitions are of some of the shortest words. I don't know. Has that, have any of you looked in the dictionary for the definition of the word a? It is half a page. Same thing for the. If you look in the dictionary for the definition of the word the, it almost rivals that of the word a. So just because the question is short doesn't mean the answer is simple or easy. And the question is, why do things happen? I'm chicken the egg, but the first thing about it is that You're kind of fading in and out there, Shetu. We can't really, you're kind of breaking up. We can't really hear you. Well, the best answer, I'm sorry, we can't hear you. The best answer that science has come up with is that things happen because other things cause them to happen. That is, cause and effect is the reason why things happen. The problem is that cause and effect always leads us back to the Big Bang. For example, I'm feeling cold is a thing that is happening. The cause is a snowstorm outside. The cause of that snowstorm was a low pressure section of air moving into a high pressure section of air. The cause of that was a polar vortex. And on and on and on until you hit the creation of the earth, the creation of the sun, and then the Big Bang. So it always leads us back to the Big Bang. And after that, science says, we don't know because that was a singularity. That was a single moment in time at which all matter as we know it was compressed into what we can describe as a point. Some people believe that everything happens because of the Big Bang, that our lives 
and the events that are yet to unfold are predictable and predetermined due to the initial conditions of the Big Bang. But that's not true because that particular definition of cause and effect is too narrow. I'm not saying that cause and effect is wrong. I'm saying that it's too narrow. It, because it explains away mental processes as merely a product of a physical brain in certain configuration. Thanks to everybody that just joined us. Uh, we're talking today about why things happen. And some people think that things happen because of the particular way matter was arranged during the Big Bang and after. And they believe that our destiny is predetermined and our thought processes are predictable because all the product of a mind is, is a physical configuration of the brain. But the true reason why things happen is on chapter 26 of the book. And in chapter 26, we list the five causal factors that cause things to happen. Everything that happens is a mix of these five factors. The five factors are time, the nature of substances, fate, and that fate is not what we're talking about, that everything is predetermined and destined to happen. Uh, we'll explain it later, but it, it, the translation is fate, but it doesn't mean that everything is predetermined. We'll talk about that later. Number four is external circumstances and karma. And number five is self-effort or free will. Free will exists and it is not in contrary to what we have previously called fate. We're going to get into that. How can there be free will as number five and fate as number three? We'll get into that. It's just the words that the book is using to call these different things. So let's get into it. Let's get into the five causal factors of things happening and what that has to do with Anikantvad, which we'll learn at the end. So let's talk about time. Time gives sequence to whatever happens in the universe. And specifically, karma needs a certain time to bear their fruit. That is, without time, there would be no cause and effect relationship. And remember, what I'm saying is not that cause and effect is not true. I'm saying that our previous, or if you, if you will, the scientific definition of cause and effect is too narrow. The truth is that cause and effect is a result of these five causal factors, okay? So without time, there'd be no cause and effect relationship, obviously. Understanding that time is a causal event teaches us to be patient, especially when changing our lives. We talk a lot about changing ourselves in this class and how hard it is to do. And specifically, I want us, all of us, to change ourselves to progress on the spiritual path. And we talked about how hard it is to do that, how hard it is to lose weight, how hard it is to accomplish your goals, how hard it is to stop smoking. But remember, time is an essential ingredient. As long as we are willing to keep making small and incremental changes, we can trust that time will take us where we want to go because those changes take time to bear fruit.
just as karma takes time to bear fruit in our lives. The next reason why things happen is because the nature of substances. As we know, there are six substances, the soul, material atoms, or jeev and ajeev, the medium of motion, the medium of rest, space, and time. So the nature of substances causes things to happen. The book gives us for an example, some examples, which I don't like. For example, to bark is a dog's nature. For example, you will not be able to grow mangoes on a lemon tree because it's a dog's nature, inherent nature to bark. Or it's a lemon tree's inherent nature to grow lemons and not mangoes. I don't really like these particular examples because perhaps it's genetics, perhaps it's DNA. We can identify a further cause rather than just nature. The book says nothing can generate an effect against its own inherent nature. Even if all other causal conditions, such as time, human effort, etc., are present. So, okay, that makes a little bit more sense. We can't fight certain battles in our quest for change. We can't fight our genetics. I can't change the color of my skin. Okay? I may be able to change the color of my hairs. Right now, I can't change the color of my eyes as of, apart from contacts. But that's not really changing the color of my eyes. Uh, but we may get there. Maybe I will be able to change the color of my skin and maybe we'll need to re-update these examples. Can anybody give me some better examples? I think this idea has merit that things happen because of particular natures of things. I think that's true, but I don't like these examples. Does anybody have a better example? I think you're talking about the attributes of those six substances, right? That those attributes exist inherent to those substances and, and, and by nature. So it seems like the argument is to, can you, I don't think the argument is, can you change it? Argument is more towards like, this is a default that happens in nature. And because of this, what you see, the cause and effect is hard because of this attributes that's inherent to the substances. You're absolutely sure right. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. It is the uncertain uh, substances have certain attributes that are unchangeable. And the intermingling of these attributes when events occur make certain results more probable than not. That's absolutely right. But we right. need to find better examples. <laughs> right, but, but at the same time, you know, there is a cause and effect when people try to change the attributes. And I don't think they're talking about that right now. But having a third arm and fourth eye, that got to be another attribute that people try to do the changes to this uh, DNA settings, the, you, you know, different elements. I mean, up to the extent human has made some changes to those attributes, but still not, 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 not fully. For instance, you know, you could have a only five foot tall tree and have a tons of fruits. I mean, that's a changing certain attributes, but it's still the mango. It's still the, uh, you know, lemon. It's not like growing mangoes on the top of a lemon tree. So um, I, I don't know the example of this, but I think what I, I sense that is that no matter what you do, the certain attributes are unchangeable and 
and it does cause uh, it, it does interfere with your cause and effect right idea right so i think the thing to reconcile here is that we're only talking about substances and a human being is not a substance a dog is not a substance what it is, it's a combination of Jeev and Ajeev, right? And that Jeev has characteristics, and that Ajeev has characteristics. But the, there's no such thing as, you know, a human. That And when we start talking about the nature of a human, that's inherently flawed, because the premise is that we can only talk about the nature of Jeev and the nature of Ajeev. There's no separate nature of a human. Okay, so that's great. So questions about any of that. Thank you for everybody who just joined us. We're talking about chapter 26 of the book. We're going over the five causal factors and we listed the five causal factors and we're trying to understand why things happen. Any questions or comments about the first two exam, the first two causal factors of why things happen, that is time and the nature of substances. Okay, let's go on to the third one, fate or destiny. Now, the reason they call it destiny and fate is that it's a product of karma. That is, when you perform an actions, we all know that due to the intensity with which you perform that action, the bund of that karma will be greater or less, right? So if you have perform an action with a lot of intensity, a lot of feeling then that karma binds to your soul stronger. And it's harder to get rid of it using nirdra, right? The process by which we burn karma before they bear fruit. Now, all it is is a matter of quality. Sometimes your actions can have be done with such emotion that that karma will never be burned before it bear fr bears fruit. That is... That karma must bear its fruit at the appropriate time. You cannot change that about your future. And that's what they're calling destiny here. They're not calling every action of everybody is predetermined. No. They're saying that some karma you perform so with such an intensity of feeling that it, you cannot perform any amount of nirjara to burn that before it comes fruit. And that particular event is what they're calling destiny that it, you were destined to do it. But it's really the wrong word, right? You didn't have to perform that action with that intensity. If you didn't, it wouldn't be your destiny. They're just saying that it's unalterable, that that type of bond is unalterable. And they're calling that fate, okay? So this is another reason why things happen. Sometimes things happen because you made it predetermined in your life for that to happen. That's not as catchy sounding as fate, though. So don't think of it as fate if it confuses you. It's the wrong word. But in that, in that sense that, that the third element we are talking about also has a time as a part of, uh, uh, you know, the karma takes time or whatever the intensity you bind your, uh, that karma to your soul, the bond that quality, the intensity of that requires certain time duration in order to, uh, you know, you experience the results of it. Is that, is that true? Absolutely so true. The time is a part of that element as well in that sense. That's right. 
The fourth causal factor is external circumstances or karma. Um, these external circumstances are other people, other things, or karma. Remember, karma is a physical, karma is ajiv, it's matter, right? So uh, this, the interplay between karma and other external circumstances and your reactions to things is why things happen. Now, as far as science goes, all of science, all of what we call cause and effect is just this fourth factor. That is the interplay of physical things in the universe. That's why I say it's too narrow. Obviously, all of these things are cause and effect. These are obviously called the five causal factors. So cause and effect is still the reason why things happen. But according to science, that's just the one factor. All science has explored is this one factor. That is external circumstances. And not even the full depth of that one factor, which is karma. Because remember, karma is matter. And the fifth reason why things happen, the fifth causal factor is self-effort or free will. Um, that is, a person cannot progress if he or she depends on just time or nature or what we're calling fate. You have to put some effort on your own. Um, so free will exists and certain things that you do make parts of your destiny unalterable, but mo mainly it's your reactions to things are independent and of your own choosing. The reason we talk about this one the most, that is the reason that self-effort and free will are, talk are kind of the totality of the book is that this is the only causal factor just one out of the five that we can control. We cannot control time. We cannot control the nature of substances. After we perform the action, we can't control that destiny. We can control it before we do it. But once the bond happens, if it is of significant, um, if it has significant intensity with it, we can't do anything about that. And we can't control, well, actually, to some extent, we can control external circumstances because we control our own karma, right? We control Samvar, our Nirjara, we control that. So that's, uh, we could control a little bit of the fourth factor, but using the fifth factor, right? So the fifth causal factor is the only thing under our control. And that's why we spend so much time on it. That's why some people think that this is the only causal factor that exists. And that's why Anikantvad is so important, is to remember, and I, we have talked in this class time and time again, it is no use worrying about things you can't control. But that doesn't mean you don't believe that they're there. And that doesn't mean you don't take them into account. And that doesn't mean you forget about them. You just don't worry about them. And that's why this book is just full of things you can control. <clears throat> And that's why some people mistakenly believe that this is the only factor and they forget about things that are out of their control. So questions about the last three or any of the five causal factors we discussed. The interplay between these five factors 
is the reason why things happen. And sometimes one is more important than the other, and sometimes another is more important. Sometimes it's an interplay between two or three. Questions or comments about any of that? Uh, hey, Tim. Uh, on the third and the fourth factor, okay, I, I, I get the other three. The third and the fourth, they sound to me like the same, but just interpreted or explained differently. They, they seem to be connected to karma, both of them, but, but you're saying that fate is, is to some extent controllable by our karma, what we have done, but not necessarily. Can you, can you again kind <clears throat> of, uh, bring the difference out between the two. Sure. And I totally agree with you. The three, four, and five are intertwined because it is our own free will that causes us to do things. And so it, it could be, you know, I could easily see somebody saying that, saying that there are three factors and in the third factor, there's these two sub factors because they're intertwined. I certainly agree with you that it's confusing. So let's talk about it a little bit. Um, so because of your free will, you choose to have particular karma that binds so intensely, it's called, there's a specific phrase for it, it's called nikachit karma. Nikachit karma is that which is unalterable and which most certainly causes the experience of pleasure or pain to the concerned soul at the time of its fruition. That is, you perform an action so heinous or even actually so good that with such an intensity of feeling that you are no longer able to alter that karma as you would usually do with all types of karma. Remember, the goal is to get rid of all of our karma and the way we do that is nirjura, by performing penances to get rid of our karma. But sometimes the karma is bound so tightly to our soul that no amount of, uh, the only thing that will unbind it to our soul is its natural fruition. There's no amount of free free will or self-effort we can put to unbind that karma from our soul. So that's the third causal factor. And so that... So, so, sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt. So does that mean certain events are destined, as you call it, fate, and there's nothing you can do to alter them? That's, Once, the, that's the contention of, of, of the third factor. Yes, once the bond happens, there's nothing you can do after that. Obviously, you could have prevented it from happening by preventing the bond from happening. But if we're talking about we're in the position of after the bond has occurred, you're right. That is fate. That is predetermined. That particular fruit, you cannot alter. And we, I guess it, that's, uh, I mean, that selection, whatever, is dependent on the intensity of uh, of the um, the the intensity of the or the severeness of the karma. Yes, it is the most severe karma, and the reason it is the most severe karma is because of the action itself, as well as the intensity of feeling you had when you performed the action that led to that karma. Yes. Okay, got it. And so the reason this is a separate one, right, is because I, I mentioned that 
The fifth one is free will. Well, no amount of free will is going to alter this after the fact, after the bond, the curse. So that's why this is a separate one. Why did this happen? Because it was Nikachit karma. That's the only, for, that's the main reason out of the five causal factors that this particular thing happened. And so the fourth one, external circumstances of which karma is a part. Let's see what the book says. Perhaps the book explains it better than I can. Because of karma, the rich become poor, the poor become rich, the rich become richer, or the poor become poor. This is because of one's own karma. Everyone has to experience the good and evil consequences of their karma. Sometimes we notice good deeds yield bitter fruits and evil deeds yield sweet fruits. And this seems to be an anomaly. But behind the anomaly is karma at work. <coughs> Excuse me. So this is what we talk about our normal karmic interactions. That is, every action leads to karma and karma leads to certain reactions you can have. And this is the one of the reasons why things happen, this interplay of karma. Apart from, and <clears throat> because this is apart from nikachit karma, this is something that can be controlled by your free will. And that's why it's a separate causal factor. So uh, how is it, uh, again, I mean, external circumstances are uh, part of uh, the karma. I'm, I'm still trying to see what the difference is between third and the fourth. Sure. So external circumstances are other people <clears throat> and your reaction, <clears throat> excuse me, your reactions to other people and other events happening, right? But three or de destiny or nikachit karma doesn't depend on the actions of anybody else or the interplay of any other type of karma. That is that particular fruit you will bear regardless of anybody else, even your own self-effort. <clears throat> but isn't that the same as saying the, the external circumstances are also a result of the karma? Um, no. So remember, we're talking about causal factors of why things happen. So things happen to you. Be sometimes things happen to you because of other people's karma, as well as your own. And other people's actions and other people's attitudes, as well as your own. Because um, it's an interplay between the karma of various living beings. Whereas Nikachit karma, once it after the bond happens, it's not a result of that interplay. There's no interplay at work. Okay. Very good questions. And I'm here to answer in case something is confusing or uh, I'll do my best to answer. Any other questions or comments about the five causal factors? of why things happen. The book goes on to uh, explain, has very nice language 
um, as far as what this has to do with Anikantvad. On the other hand, idle individuals and nations fall behind and degenerate on account of their lack of vigor and vitality. Here the book is talking about free will and effort. They consequently become slaves of others and subject themselves to their oppressions. And that's right. We've talked about often in this class that if you are not working towards your goals, then you are by definition working towards other people's goals because other people are using you. If you don't hack your own brain and your own mind, then your mind is being hacked by other people and they're manipul manipulating you to follow what they want to do. And that's the kind of the importance of self-effort or free will. That is a reason that vows are so important. Humans are the only person that can take vows. And what is setting goals but making vows, right? Because that self-effort is such a big part of why things happen. That is, if you're not, if you're not generating that self-effort, then things are happening to you. You're not making things happen. And at the very end, the book treats this as a throwaway line, but this is one of the most important things and it could be a whole chapter. The book says, during an ignorant state, a person is controlled by their surroundings. That's the fourth factor, external circumstances. So let's say you have an ignorant, you are ignorant in your life and you're very not far down the spiritual path. Your life is controlled by the fourth factor, external circumstances. Hence, on the path of spiritual progress, a person should be surrounded by the proper environment. As spiritual progress occurs, the effect of external causes reduce and the power of the soul increases. That is, your life, as you progress down the path, your life, the reason that things happen in your life is because of self-effort or free will. The fifth circumstance, the fifth factor. It's more and more your life is, you are determining the things that happen in your life. And it's less and less external circumstances. It's certainly less and less nikachit karma or destiny. It's certainly less and less the nature of substances because you start to understand the nature of substances. And it's certainly less and less time because your karma is not binding to your soul as long. So if you understand this, you understand spiritual progress and what it takes to make spiritual progress. And we can kind of get the picture of this by relating it to our careers, right? And talking about power, right? Well, when you start off in your career, you're just doing everybody's dirty work, right? Because they don't want to do it. You know, it all rolls downhill and that's what you got to do because that's what they did, right? That's fine. You pay your dues, you work your way up on the ladder, you get more power, right? You get more control. Well, now you're picking a project here and there, or now you're determining how best to use your time, or perhaps you're telling people underneath you, hey, you got to do this for me, right? So you get, so your, the things that happen at work are a result of you accumulating power. Now, let's say you're the boss, right? Your entire day is just what you want to do. Just what you think is important for the sake of the company. Because you're the boss. Right? 
And so your um, your entire circumstance is determined by yourself. It's not determined by the people under you. It's not. It's somewhat determined by external factors. But you're instead of reacting like you were when you're at the bottom of the chain, you are now the people. You are now the mover that other people are reacting to, right? Because you're the boss, right? Same thing with this spiritual progress. When we're low on the spiritual ladder, things are happening to us. Other people are enslaving us. We're enslaving ourselves. And we do not know how to get get out of it. But as we put forth self-effort and free will, now we're in the middle. Well, now we start deciding how we react to things. And that leads us to start deciding we're taking control of our own karma instead of other people's karma affecting our life. I'm taking control of my own karma. I'm deciding to use this time to burn karma to make my future life better. And now we're in the future. We're the boss. The only things that happen to us are the things we wanted to happen to us. Nobody else's karma affects our life. No, no, um, nobody else's external circumstance affects our life. I chose things that happened to me. I have no more nikachit karma. There's no more unalterable events in my future. I control everything. I know about the nature of substances. I choose to interact with only those substances that are good to me. And I know that uh, time is on my side. It's the exact same progress. And this is just one line in the book. This is a whole chapter about how Jainism applies to your life. As spiritual progress occurs, the effect of external causes reduce and the power of the soul increases. It's just the one line. This could be a whole book by itself that as you progress on the spiritual path, your self-effort or free will becomes the overriding cause of why things happen to you. Questions or comments on that? Does anybody not believe, does not believe that? Why would you say, Tim, that the uh, karma's uh, role diminishes by time? Because you control, as you progress on the spiritual path, you're in control of karma. You do more nirdra, which means karma is not in control of you. You do more samvar, which means you block more karma from binding your soul. That's why your self-effort results in you being in charge of your life rather than karma being in charge of your life. True, but what has already happened, your previous karmas have already, you know, as you mentioned, the band has already been there. So... No matter what you do, you're not going to be able to do anything about that. No, not true. That's only for Nikachit karma. After you perform an action and karma has bound to your soul, you can do things about it. You can perform Nirjara to uh, burn the karma from your soul without them bearing fruit. So you can perform an action, get the bund, and then not experience the consequences of those actions because you perform Nirjara. I thought you had said there are certain karmas that you just can't get rid of. There are. And we're not talking about those. So we are. So, but after, 
after a while, let's say we're in the box. We're in charge of our life, in charge of our spiritual progress. We're not creating those nikachit karma anymore. We're because we have less intensity of feeling and we have less, uh, for example, violent actions that we do. Because we're the boss of our life, we are, we cease to create nikachit karma. This nikachit karma is not something that's inevitable. It, only the result is inevitable. Getting nikachit karma is not inevitable. You could go the rest of your life and the rest of your future lives without getting this nikachit karma. And in fact, you should. That is our goal. So the book goes on to state, believing in these five causes is the beginning of the theory of multiplicity of views, sometimes called multifaceted truth, sometimes called non-absolutism, sometimes called anekantvat. That is, if you understand that these five things are the reason why things happen, you'll live your life differently. You won't be as quick to judge other people when something bad happens to them. You won't be as quick to judge your own actions if something bad happens because you could do everything right and still as a result of Nikachit Karma, something went wrong. Or you could do everything right and still as a result of external circumstances, something went wrong in your life, right? So until you understand that these five causal factors are the reasons why things happen, you will have a kind of narrow view of cause and effect that leads you to the wrong conclusions. But if you believe in these five causal factors, if you understand the truth that these are the reasons that things happen, your understanding of cause and effect will be true. And you will have this kind of perspective. Remember last time, two times ago, we talked about how every utterance comes with the perspective, you'll have the correct perspective for all of your utterances. And that's what this has to do with Anikantva. I think uh, probably we would believe and understand this item, um, but it's it's hard to uh, hard to put in, 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 in practice, practice or practical uh, aspect of it because you may not be able to validate this, whether it is caused by your own karma or it has something to do with an external forces. Just an example, for instance, if you're in a restaurant and after your dinner, you're going out and check out and all of a sudden they say your bill is paid, right? So, whoop, you know, most of the time we would, you know, consider this type of event as, okay, somebody has a good intent and somebody has done that a favor and whatever the reason you are seeing that, could this be because of your own karma in the past that has caused this? Um, or is this truly an, is it your fate or is it truly an external forces? I cannot validate that part. Is that, I mean, that's, that's the, I think that it's a gray area in my mind. Sure. That's absolutely true. The how to convince yourself that this is true is to by in, is by introspecting your life and the events that happen in your life and considering why they happen and what part each of these five factors had to do with that event happening in your life. And it's true that we can't know the interplay necessary. 
But it's also true that a great many events happen in your life and you will come to a realization about this that makes you believe in it. For example, one time uh, during a time when perhaps I was further down on the spiritual path, I did an action on purpose. I stole something on purpose to see what would happen, right? And a few times later, a few years later, I was doing some introspection on myself and the exact reverse thing happened to me. And I, when I thought about that, I immediately had a realization that one thing led to another. I cannot prove that. And you can't prove that either. But I proved it to myself because of the realization that I had and that feeling that these events were connected. I proved it to myself that one thing caused another. So you have a great many, and I, and I urge you to test Jainism. I urge you to test the karma theory. And I urge you to test for yourself that it's true. Sure, you can't see karma. Sure, no microscope will be able to see karma. But that doesn't mean you can't test it in your life. And everything you do in this life doesn't, um, doesn't bear fruit in the next life or two lives down the road. A great many of the things you do in this life bear fruit in this life. So what we need to do is to set up a schedule of introspection where we reflect on the events of our lives and what may have caused them. And I guarantee you, you will have the same realization that I did because there's just so many events that happen in your life that are the result of your karma that you performed, that you bound to your soul in this same life. If you set up a schedule of introspection and if you think about the causes of things that happened in your life, large and small, there are millions of events you could think about and you will see those connections for yourself and that will make you believe just as it made me believe. Questions or comments about any of that? I agree with you, Timur. Great. Love to hear those comments. Can you tell us something about your life? Can you tell us something that happened to you? You don't have to go into a great many details. I'm, I can tell you I stole something when I was young and I experienced the consequences and I realized that those consequences were a result, direct result of my stealing something when I was young. Can you tell me something that leads you to believe that karma theory is true? Can anybody tell me something that led them to believe that karma theory is true? Well, you know, uh, Tim, I actually think it, think about it a different way. I mean, if, if I try to pinpoint a particular event and say, oh, this is because of my karma or that is because of my karma, it kind of becomes a leisure, right? Tallying points. I just assume a lot of things that happen in my life are a result of karma. And it's, I don't question it that much, actually. It's a, it's a matter of belief for me. 
And what I try to do is, um, you know, the other factors that you mentioned, right? The uh, uh, the partic- particularly the last one, which is free will, is is the only thing, as you said, we control to a certain ex- to a certain extent, I suppose. And um, so I tend to just focus on that. Uh, the other factors I just assume are there, and I it, it, I guess that's that's where the faith comes in, right? You don't. I don't think I I need validation for that. That's great. But your belief will be strengthened if you test it. And if you keep that ledger, and if you consult the ledger sometimes, your belief will be strengthened. And that is not one of the articles that we have to take on faith. There are articles that we have to take on faith. We discuss those. But that is that is something that you do not have to. That is something that... Um, you, and, and that's great that you believe it just like that. But your belief will be strengthened if you test it. I guarantee it. I don't have a comment on this one. I have a maybe question. Maybe it may not be even related to these things. But we, we talk about earth, fire, water. They all are our gene, correct? Yes, a surprising conclusion that we reached in the book. Yes, these are alive. Alive. In that case, how do they bind their... Do they have karmas and do they bind their karmas? Yes, obviously. They're alive. They're jeev. They have soul. Um, they, they're so far down the spiritual path that they hardly exert any self-effort or free will. Their entire life is dominated by external circumstances. We're so lucky to be human. We're so lucky to have consciousness. We're so lucky to be able to perform nirdra. We're so lucky to be able to take vows that our entire life is not dominated by external circumstances, which leads our future to be dominated by external circumstances. We have somehow been one of the very few living beings to achieve this state and boy it would be a shame if we wasted this life wouldn't it true it would be a shame if we were one of the very few people that got out of slavery not people souls if we were one of the very few souls that just happened to get out of this cycle where we were born as a human and we have some ability to scrub this mountain of dirt that came out that binds to our soul and we wasted it by watching television. Or, or reading books that aren't this textbook. Or doing things that had nothing to do with our soul. And eliminating the karma from our soul. Once you know that the things in this book are the truth, you won't want to read any other book because it has no consequence to you at all. But none of us can seem to muster the strength to just open this textbook during the week. That's not a Sunday. That's not 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. We can't even do that. So that's where I'd like you to start this week. Open this book to any page and read what's there. And know that it's true. 
Thank you everybody for your time this week. I really appreciate that. It's not something I take for granted at all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.